You know, every time I speak. Anybody know who Willie Lynch was? Anybody? Raise your hand. He was a vicious slave owner in the West Indies. The slave masters in the colony of Virginia were having trouble controlling their slaves, so they sent for Mr. Lynch to teach them his methods. Keep the slave physically strong, but psychologically weak and dependent on the slave master. Keep the body, take the mind. I and every other professor on this campus are here to help you to find, take back, and keep your righteous mind. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Elisa Word, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning to all the truth seekers out there. Good morning, Elisa. Glad to have you back with us, Queen. Uh, hope you're having a great morning. I know you're holding down the first hour with me, so I definitely appreciate you for filling in as one of our queens of intellect. Uh, we have a returning guest, uh, Dr. Katrina Pittman, who we always are excited anytime we bring this queen on with us. We know it's going to be a dynamic show as we get into uh, her area of expertise as she is a psychotherapist, as we have a Unique discussion, and I always like to have you on as well, Elisa, because of your background. So if you will, before we introduce um, Dr. Pittman again, say hello to the truth seekers and tell people your background, because I think it's perfect for this morning's show as well. Go ahead, Queen. Thank you for being with me. Thanks so much, Montoya. It's always great to have an opportunity to come on the show and to discuss things. So I am a emotional intelligence practitioner and certified assessor. I actually administer psychometric B emotional intelligence assessments to help people understand things like how their behavioral patterns impact their emotions, um, how they apply consequential thinking, helping them with self-awareness, conflict management strategies, and I also do some work with diversity, equity, and inclusion, so I'm happy to be here today, and I'm an executive coach, too. Uh, absolutely love it. Great, extensive background. Again, perfect for this discussion. And with who, Dr. Pittman, Dr. Trina Pittman, if you will, Queen, um, you don't really need an introduction, but if you will, uh, let people know how long you've been in this in this game of psychotherapy, if you will. And, um, again, thank you for being with us. Uh, again, how and, and let me say this to you: How are you doing this morning, Queen? All is well. I'm excited about having another opportunity to be on this show. I thank you so much for that, and I am like super excited about um, Alicia's emotional intelligence practitioner um, world that she lives in. It just sounds so intriguing and so exciting, and I really do. Um, believe in all of that work. So I'm just super excited about that. And I've been practicing as a psychotherapist for about 20 plus years now. And um, here in the metro area of Georgia, so just enjoying this opportunity again to just um, be on a platform where we're um, speaking about the topic of today. Uh, absolutely. Let's get right into that topic. Perfect segue. Um, if you are a first-time listener to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, again, I go by the name Black Socrates. And so uh, basically we like to take the Socratic method uh, as we delve into our topics and we try to ask 
the right questions to get to the right answers. And so today's discussion question is triggered. Why social media slash political disagreements in friendships so easily? I'll say it one more time. Triggered. Why do social media and political disagreements in friendships so easily? So we're definitely going to delve into that topic. Again, perfect guest just to get deep into it. And if you're out there listening, uh, you know, if you've ever been triggered and, and, and in a sense uh, decided to distance yourself from someone, we're going to get into the psychology of why we do that. Is it healthy? Sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes we do it too often and don't. And, you know, at least in my opinion, don't realize maybe there's something going on with us. But, again, perfect guest to get into this topic. But the way I like to start before we get too deep, and we'll um, start with you, Dr. Pittman, as our special guest. Basically, uh, I know I kind of reworded the question from when I first requested this for you to come on. And so I like to start very simply without going too deep. Um, if you will, Queen, when you first saw the question worded particularly this way, can you recall your first thought that came to your mind? Yeah, the first thought came to the mind was we are in such a space through the interactions we have in our social arena of the social media, and especially where politics are just made me think back on certain friendships or threat of losing certain friendships based on political views and um, just the the bringing their lives onto the social media platform, so that's what kind of shocked me as ooh, this is exciting to get into. All right, okay, same for you, um, Alicia. If you, Alicia, if you will, your just initial thought again, not going too deep. We'll get into we'll go a little deeper after the break. But when you saw the question worded this way, you know, and checked your schedule, so okay, I can help you out for an hour, Montoya. When you saw the question worded this way. What was your first initial thought? My first thought was I need to be a part of this conversation because in my work part of the specialty is uh, dealing with trauma-informed care when I'm dealing with my clients. So I'm always thinking about triggers, 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 triggers. That is a thing, and I'm like, I need to be part of this because it's going to be a great conversation. That was my thought, Montoya. Hey, love it. And I knew I needed you, so that's why I reached out to you. Again, you are one of our queens of intellect. And for those who are not familiar with that term, it's basically um, I got a, a cadre of sisters, cadre of queens who basically keep me in check because our goal with every show is to make sure that we're welcoming a gumbo of opinions. So uh, we will give people out there, especially if you're a first-time listener, we are a live show. We will give you an opportunity to call in and give us your three cents on this morning's discussion question. And anyway, going back to my Queens of Intellect, um, Elisa's um, also a, a member of the Mitsubishi Community Club, but because of her particular background, um, she brings a wealth of knowledge. But what I always tell people is I never want to tackle any topics in our community because that's what we do. We specialize in hard conversations on race, sex, and culture on this show. And I never want to tackle these hard topics without the perspective of a black woman. Uh, you know, I'm a philosopher and have a lot of opinions and a lot of thoughts about a lot of things and how I think things should go. Uh, but I never think that um, any of us, no matter how much we know, have all of the answers. And I think the best way to ensure that we have both perspectives is to make sure I have someone like um, Elisa Word here, uh, you know, who specializes in what she does. And she's going to be, you know, in a sense, she's part of the Queens of Intellect just to relay exactly what that means for maybe some of our first time listeners. Um, I'll 
putting this together. So I'll share this before we go to break. We got a little time before we go to break. So I'll share um, when I was trying to come up with the show and I kind of changed the title on Dr. Pittman. She kind of asked me like, what do we, did we change the show? And I, and I said to her, I said, cause initially what I was thinking about is just, you know, why would we so easily cut our friends and family off? That was kind of the concept that I was coming with when I first approached Dr. Pittman. And then I switched it to this and she was like, are we really changing the show? And what I said to Dr. Pittman, I said, in reality, we're not changing it from why do we so easily cut our friends and family off by moving it to social media and political disagreements. I said, that's just a backdrop because ultimately the idea of how we get triggered and cut people off is the psychology of it that I want to get into. And so that people can figure out, uh, uh, in a sense, is it healthy? Because there's these terms, like these terms, when I was young or when I was in college, like we didn't use the word triggered, if if you will. So we have all these terminologies that we're using because we, as a society, to a degree, we are becoming cognizant of, in a sense, of how our mind works. And there's a statement, a comment that's always been around, I want to keep my peace and maintain my peace. That comment has always been around, but now it's thrown around a lot via social media, and sometimes the ways that we, in a sense, keep our peace it comes down to cutting off people in our circle. And sometimes, again, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes that's necessary. And sometimes if you have a habit of cutting people off, it might be a mirror check. And so with the, you know, with the hopefully with the expertise that I have on this show, um, between Dr. Pittman and Elisa, we'll get into when it makes sense and, in a sense, what causes it. Sometimes I want to get into what what, get, what goes behind it. So we are up against the first break. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we will get both of our esteemed guests' opinion and break this question down. Triggered, why social media slash political disagreements, in, why do they end friendship so easily? We'll be right back for all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Are you trying to figure out your next income stream? Maybe get into cryptocurrency, real estate, or maybe even start your own business. If so, contact the KG Hire Company to receive a professional consultation or strategy session to provide you the advice you need to get a jump start on your new venture. If it's a new business, there's nothing like having a business consultant review your finances, strategy, or marketing. If it's real estate, the KG Hire Company specializes in evaluating deals for profitability and securing special financing for creative real estate acquisitions. If it's cryptocurrency, then look no further than the KG Hire Company to master the components of blockchain technology and investing into cryptocurrency. Serving Atlanta since 2016, the KG Hire Company is an industry leader in customer experience and getting your money's worth. Contact them at kghire.com or 833-544-9288. Again, that's 833-544-9288.
Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question triggered why social media and why do social media and political disagreements end friendships so easily? Our special guest is Dr. Katrina Pittman. My special guest co-host is Alisa Word. So let's get into this discussion. Something that I constantly say again, as I said before the break, I consider myself a philosopher as I go by you know, black Socrates. And so one thing that I always say is in the world of the, in a sense, in the social media age, in the age of information, if you will, something that I quite often say is with social media, we are more connected, but in actuality as humans, we're less connected. And so um, I think that aptly applies and as I break that down to both of you, and again, we'll start with you as our guest, Dr. Pittman, when you hear me say that as with social media, you know, we are more connected, but as humans, we are less connected. Any thoughts uh, about that in reference to today's show? Yes, yes. A lot of thoughts um, in reference to today's show and as well as something I've always pondered and began to recognize we're losing our ability to have healthy social skills. So we have the ability to reach more, interact, um, get exposure, engage more. But what we're losing is the social skills and the ability to connect and relate to people. I think sometimes we even use technology as ways to hide our true identity and to socially interact in a healthy way. Okay, Lisa, if you will, Queen, your thoughts about, you know, getting that comment. Um, like I said, just a little philosophy. I would say the world, we're more connected, but it actually assumes we're less connected. Your thoughts, Queen? Well, so when I go back to, to the question and we talk about what people be, being cutting off other people, right, the first thing I wanted to say uh, to this point is we actually don't cut off people. We cut off pain. We cut off dysfunction. We cut off unhealthy coping skills that impact our ego identity. Um, we do what we need to do to protect ourselves, and we're spending, on average, about seven hours of time on social media platforms every week. And, you know, because of these platforms actually hiring psychiatrists, psychologists, people who study behavioral analysis, they're adapting regularly to what we feel is important to us um, and what things we actually react to. So a lot of these things that are causing this disconnect, you know, to Dr.'s point, you know, actually have to even do with um, the, the there's, a, there's a causation behind the, the behaviors that they're eliciting even on the platforms. So in addition to our normal family dysfunction, our normal issues with coping skills, you've got this on top of it because, I mean, platforms want to be the number one. So how do you get people to be the number one one? Then engage them. No, nah, it makes a lot of sense. No, nah, no, nah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, as I think about, in a sense, social media coming along in our lifetimes, and for me, I always think about I'm kind of an old school person or whatever, and so to a degree, uh, I try to maintain my friendships, quote unquote, in an old school manner. But the reality is, due to social media, a lot of our friendships have been built different. 
uh, to the to the degree of actually becoming real friends with somebody I met via social media. And I can think I can think back years ago when social media was becoming popular, and most most of my friends know I'm slow to in a sense adapt to in a sense technology and things of that nature. So I wasn't necessarily apt to get on it. I was definitely late getting on Facebook. I'd heard a lot about it before I got on it. And to be honest, me having the Mental Dialogue Community Club. I had some young people just say, look, you got to go there to promote mental dialogue because, and I was like, well, I like to touch people. Our event is live, that kind of stuff. And so I was, in a sense, a little reluctant to get on it, started promoting mental dialogue and didn't even like it at first. I was like, why do people do this? But everybody kept saying, this is where you got to be to promote your stuff. And over the time, me promoting mental dialogue, in a sense, I started spending that same seven hours that you're talking about, um, Alisa, on social media. But with all that said, the framework of, in a sense, friendship etiquette, I think to a degree social media has, in a sense, completely changed it while it was this cool thing from the standpoint of I can reach more people or the thing that I heard family say all the time is, for if, for example, if you have family spread out and you're not in the same location, if you will, it was a, there's a, and I like the, I like this part as well that I can actually see my family and friends grow up for you know for those who expose you to that part of their family and like that's a super cool thing about social media. It's almost like I get to grow up with someone who's in a completely different state or, or somewhere even around the world, if you will. So that was like a super cool thing about social media as a, as for me personally, as I ventured off of just promoting my business and started, you know, just kind of partaking it for enjoyment as well. So with that cool thing, again, I was able to connect to more people. To, however, if we can kind of get into this, and I'm actually, uh, Lisa, I'm going to start with you on this. However, the again, as I said, the etiquette changed to how a friendship might end. It seems to be much more quicker than maybe how you, the work and effort you would have did to maintain a friendship of the past. So for me, in a sense, friendships from the past seem to be much stronger than anything to a degree that could be built via social media, to a degree. I have exceptions, but I just want to throw that out there and hear your thoughts, Alisa. So, um, you know, there's, there's some generational differences even even with some of that because one thing I noticed is um, in, in doing the work that I've been doing is thinking about what friendships actually mean. Um, for many people, that are, you know, a little bit older, you know, 30, 40, 50 up, you know, the, the concept of friendship has a different definition than it does for some people in those younger years until people kind of mature and, you know, get to a space where they realize what that is. So that um, can be a part of it where the cutoff game is strong. You know, that, that right there is looked at for a lot of people as something that makes you powerful when you mm-hmm. have your cutoff being, being strong. And as humans, we want to be able to feel like we have power, we have choice, we have the autonomy, the autonomy to be able to make decisions and do things on our own. Sometimes in our own private lives, we don't have that power. In the workplace, we don't have that power. You can't just cut off your coworker that you can't stand. you got to be with them. Um, you're in the house with your mom and them and your auntie and them. You can't just cut them off. But social media has allowed people to get to a point that, 
they can cut things off easier because they don't want to deal with it, often because they don't know how to deal with it. And when we were in person more, and to your point of those having those connections, those relationships, you were forced to have conversation. You were forced to deal with things that felt uncomfortable um, because this idea of loyalty and connection was a bigger thing. And as we move on around the world, you know, we're more individualistic in nature as opposed to being collectivist or tribal uh, in nature. And then with that, there comes a cost to that. And and we're seeing that cost played out through this keyboard courage that people have. They'll say what they want, and then they log off and block you. They don't even have to deal with it. Uh, but in real life, if I know you, I can come to your house. You know, I can come to your job. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm feeling big and bad, I can say something to your face, you know. And a lot of these folks, they're, they're not, they can't deal with confrontation in their face, but they can deal with it when they're giving it. You know, what do they say? If you, you know, if you dish it out, you should be able to take it. Well, sometimes we haven't been given the skills to do that. Now it makes sense. So, you know, what popped in my head, I want to hear Dr. Pittman's thoughts on this as well. What popped in my head is the pull-up game was strong back in the day. So people kind of would be a little careful about what they might say to you, knowing you could pull up. (laughs) But like you said, I can say what I want. I can say what I want. That's the that's the weakest one of them all. Is to say what I want and block you. That is the weakest move of all. I'm gonna get mine off, and I don't. I'm, I, I ain't even gonna hear what you got to say back to me. Like I, you, you afraid to hear back? It's only it's only words on a keyboard. <laughs> but anyway, with that said, uh, uh, Doctor Pip, what are your thoughts? Again, just kind of getting into the difference in how we built relationships in the past versus now because I think if we're going to really talk about why is it so easily to cut people off we have to delve into how relationships are built today versus maybe in the past at least that's my what that's what I see is a big difference and I think Alisa kind of laid it out pretty pretty soundly but what are your thoughts Queen? Yeah, I agree, um, and that keyboard courage is something. And I think it kind of goes to um, the relationships Right, I think those face-to-face or more traditional ways we created friendships, we had a lot more engagement. We saw them from different perspectives where social media platforms are usually linked by common threads of what topic or what subject or if I like gardening. So I'm seeing a slice of a person. And then even with dating sites where you get to see a variety of a person, What's lacking in my perspective is um, depth and quality of the friendships that are made. And, yes, there are exceptions to that. Um, However, I think um, it's almost like an incubated or a GMO, if you will, type of relationship. (laughs) It's, 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 It's real, it's new, it's but it's different. It is different. And based on that difference, being there where the foundation comes into play, it may not have deep roots. There may be a lot of roots, and they might be short roots, but not deep enough to withstand the ebb and flow of personalities because at, um, I think at the base of it, when we get triggered, it's our trigger keyword. So what triggered our feeling of offense and like Alicia said, it's the trauma or it's the insecurity or it's my need for control or just unrealistic expectations of what I think our relationship is. 
No, it makes a lot of sense. Like the concept of block, you know, Alisa brought that up. And that's just not something we had in the past or could do due to, um, you know, technology in a sense, quote unquote, wasn't this advanced. But again, we're just dialoguing about for all the good of social media. Here's an aspect, and I love what you said. Uh, Dr. Pittman, the idea of things not being deeper or deep enough or not being able to build those deep-rooted relationships because the reality is your closest, quote-unquote, ride or die, the person that has your back the most, the reality is that relationship probably was forged over a couple of, you know, if it wasn't necessarily a fallout, you definitely probably had some big arguments. Um, again, people that you love the most, sometimes that's where you will go there and you survive those things, and that's how you forge strong relationships. And in today's time, you know, just because, you know, you were on the show and we were kind of featuring some of that stuff that Simon Salmonek had said about how social media is affecting relationships, and that's what they can't. So a fallout now is a block, a ghost. So you don't to build a relationship over getting through conflict. That's a big difference. Uh, sounds like you want to say something else out of here. We've got a caller. I'm going to go ahead and get you, let you get your thought out, and then we're going to go to the caller. Oh, yeah, it's just the agreement of um, our ability to block someone so easily. It, it just, it's its sad, but it's our, we're trying to band-aid our pain at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, it makes sense because ultimately when you've really had a deep-rooted relationship with someone, even when they've wronged you or you've wronged them, eventually you feel so bad that you want to go back and mend it. But in today's time, it's ghost, it's done, it's finito, it's forever. And so we're missing stuff as humans not to be able, in my opinion, to be able to overcome some of, some of our major conflicts. Let's go to one of our callers, area code 407, last 3400. Give us your name and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Hi, Montoya. It's Ashley. Um, I am calling in because I absolutely love this topic, and I just wanted to say it feels like a result of, especially within our community, like that that lack of a support system and a lack of having the village there, like all of that is coming to light, right? And, and it's like this generational thing where families don't talk about issues, So you don't know how to deal with conflict. You don't know how to have those hard conversations. This is definitely something that has come to light for me. I'm an only child. My mom is a preacher. Like, she was all gung-ho about handling all battles for me. So sometimes, like, conversations feel like confrontation, and we don't have the coping skills, and we don't have the awareness of these blind spots around us. So it makes it that much more difficult to even try to get those skills. People are not willing to take um conversations where we offer some criticism or try to bring bring things to their awareness to make them like, hey, here's a blind spot, right? People don't want to hear that. And it's because, like, we just are not used to within our community. I would say mm-hmm. from my experience, we're not used to having those hard conversations about things that are happening, right? Like, it was you're a child, you stay in a child's place, so you never have that voice. So when you become an adult and have these experiences, it makes it difficult for you to even speak up 
And so it's easier to just block, right? It's easier to avoid that confrontation. It's easier to just walk away and try to find someone else because with social media, everything that you need is right at your fingertips. And I just find it so interesting how um, the the further away we get from human contact, um, I'm on social media a lot, and I just see how people are always reaching out, like, how do you do this? What do you all do for this, right? We're still looking for that connection. Mm-hmm. We're just not doing it's so sad. Now, I love your thoughts. Um, um, so, and thank you for calling in. Ashley is one of our queens of intellect. She she was on, the, I kept her on the show last week and she killed it. And so I'm going to highlight, um, Elisa only has an hour with me, um, Ashley. So if you if you happen to be on in the second hour, I would love for you to come back on. I'm going to go ahead and let you go now and get our guest thoughts to what you had to say. But just start it out. If you got a little extra time on the next hour, <laughs> come back on this thing okay. and rock with me, yeah, me and Dr. Pittman. Um, but, yeah, go ahead, um, um, Dr. Pippen, I'll let you address uh, some of what she had to say first, and at least I want to hear your thoughts. Um, for the caller that's out there, you do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. Go ahead, um, uh, Dr. Pippen. Yes, I appreciate what the caller said. It, um, again, that identifying that we're lacking social skills, we don't know how to cope. We don't know how to resolve conflict. There is the lack of problem-solving skills and conflict resolution skills, decision-making skills. So it's hard to repair relationships. And even going back to me agreeing to what you said earlier, it's about relationships need to – relationships and healthy relationships, they stand the test of time. And in doing so, you are going to go through – interactions where you're not going to always agree, and you work it out. That's through the problem solving and the conflict resolution phase of it. And in doing so, either our relationship is going to resolve that issue or it will dissolve. And I think it's quick for us to just dissolve relationships based on that lack of those um, skill sets that are needed to recover and even the desire to want to repair relationships because as we are growing up in our family, um, as the caller mentioned too, we if we're not taught to vocalize, to express, then we're at a disadvantage. And so we're ill-equipped to handle those real-life conflicts. No, it makes sense. We're actually up against the break, Elisa, so um... – we're going to go in a different direction, take the show much deeper. For those out there listening online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, 646-787-1691. So we're going to go to this break, and we're going to play this cut. So we'll have um, featuring um, Jonathan Hyatt. I think I'm saying his name right, or Hyatt. Uh, either way. I want y'all to listen to this cut so we can kind of take this again a much deeper. And one thing I want to highlight, because I just thought about it as we were talking about it for this, you know, in a sense, this segment, was just even from the standpoint of how the youth are introduced themselves to a degree because they can kind of go to a screen or hear that shy person who doesn't necessarily do it in class, if you will, you can still kind of create a world online. But to a degree, if your relationship starts online, it's, there's there's no awkwardness to saying hello, how you doing, what's your name, and it's specifically between uh, um, when k- k- kids get old enough to start, in a sense, in liking someone or having an interest in someone. Now it's real quick 
online versus having to go through the awkward conversation of, hey, you know, I'm my name's Montoya, I like you. And and even that rejection they're able to skip over. So that's why they have trouble with so much rejection or never forced through rejection because they never had to build it just because of the way their relationships are built. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still know it's me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like money. We say that little things will stop people. Um, well, little things are put in the way of anyone who doesn't fit politically. Uh, and so you do get hostile climate. You do get over-discrimination. There's evidence of that. And then there is also, it is part of the story here, that what it means to be a conservative in the 90s and especially the 2000s has changed. So um, it is true that, you know, that, that the conservatives were not in any way anti-science um, until much more recent times. Now, actually, both sides are anti-science about different sciences. But um, in America, the, the right wing, the Republican Party, ha- I, it's controversial, but I do believe that the polarization starts with the right moving further out. So what it means to be conservative. To be anti, anti-evolutionary, which is actually what's happening on the left now, too. Exactly. That's yeah, so ev- well, modern left I talked to Brett Weinstein the other yeah. day, and yeah. you know, he, he, one of his claims is that evolutionary biology has something in it to offend everyone. So it, it's, a, it's a science that's very likely to be targeted by extremists. You also brought up something that actually touches on the, on the difficult problem of how it is that you might define someone who's ideologically possessed, let's say, or ideologically rigid, because the idea was that you can make a valid case for the utility of free information flow and, and the free flow of people that would go along with that, and you can make a good case for the danger of that. And so the idea might be that if you're only making a case for the danger of that, then you're tilted too far to the right. And if you're only making a case for the utility of that, then you're tilted too far to the left. Exactly. That's right. And so we can look at immigration as a nice example. There was a recent essay in The Atlantic, I think it was, by Peter Beinart, <clears throat> where he, um, he reviews, he starts with a lot of quotes that are pretty nuanced positions about immigration from Barack Obama, Paul Krugman, a bunch of other people on the left, who used to be able to say, on the one hand, you know, compassion, economics. On the other hand, you know, we have to have a legal process and there's a threat to low-wage workers. So people on the left used to be able to talk about immigration and talk about the pros and cons, the right. pluses and minuses. But Beinart shows how in the last four or five years, you can't. If you so much as suggest that, well, maybe immigration is on net good, but it might have some deleterious effects on certain classes of, of low-wage American workers, 
you could get in big trouble. Right, because that's instantly prejudicial. Now, because immigration has become a sacred topic. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Elisa Word. Our special guest is Dr. Katrina Pittman. The discussion question this morning triggered why social media and political disagreements in friendships so easily as we hear again, uh, Jonathan Peterson, I'm sorry, um, I'm sorry, um, not Jonathan I can't think of his first name, but anyway, uh, we hear this dialogue in this cut, and it takes us in the direction of exactly what this conversation is about, the idea of how we even dialogue amongst our family and friends when it comes to um, political issues. Uh, the, the example they gave on that cut was about immigration and how it has, in a sense, become, I would say, a sacred cow, and when things kind of get moved into that space, they were just particularly, again, just using that as one example because there's so many political discussions right now, whether it be vaccine mandates and, and we just you know, had the presidential election last year and things of that nature. So politics obviously has, is a, a hot-button item, kind of always has been, always has been uh, but I do believe, as I heard them mention, that discourse is changing and we're less likely to be able to consider, like, in a sense, a sensible both side of things or let's figure out the pros and cons like that's being lost is kind of what they were alluding to in that cut because certain things are moving into a space and the way that we deal with them is less from a scientific mind is kind of what they were pointing out. So um, Dr. Pittman, I'll start with you again, as you hear uh, that cut of them dialoguing about how we, in a sense, as a society, I would say from the biggest thing that cut is how we've lost discourse from being pr- from a pragmatic sense. And once you're less pragmatic, it's very emotional, and you can't even hear pros and cons. You're just on your side of things, if that makes sense. Your thoughts, Queen? Yes. When we get fixed and rigid in our mindset, um, we create a world that supports that. So our mental ideas and our thoughts and the way we interact is so rigid to the degree of I already come to any new interaction believing a level of my way is the best way. There might be other ways. I'm right in this specific case. And so um, these type of um, losings of the disc, I think our inability to like the speaker said, discuss the pros and the cons, show both or a well-rounded perspective, um, funnels us to getting um, fixed on our perspective, and then we don't have a platform to engage in healthy conversation. Okay, I see you different from my perspective. Tell me why you think like that. Instead, we're ready to guard up and protect and defend because we feel like our right is violated. So, Elisa, if you will, based on your background, um, in a sense, versus just kind of talking about it, um, can you speak, and I'm pretty sure you do this in your work, can you speak to the aspect of letting somebody now hear the benefit of not being this way? Because 
I agree with that cut. More of our society is moving in that direction, and so we're unable to discourse. I find someone like myself who loves to hear pros and cons, I find in some of my dialogues, if I present an alternative perspective, people receive the perspective as if I'm being judgmental, and I'm saying, hey, here's a perspective. Let's talk about it. But even mentioning it, has people sometimes quite ritual and I, and, and being the, for example, being a vaccine advocate, you can only imagine within our own community, how that dialogue in some places cannot be received. And I'm literally just laying out something I found to discuss, but we can't discuss it because it's, it's already against their narrative. And so I think there have been there. I think the work you does helps people see this ain't a good, this is not good for us. In my opinion, what are your thoughts, Queen? So I think that um, I mean there's so much to unpack here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when when we don't do that, the, the the short version is we increase the likelihood of increasing isolation for ourselves as we age because as mm-hmm. we age we tend to get more and more stuck in our ways. Um, so when you do that in, at a younger point and you continue on with that, you're actually um, disallowing the flexibility that can happen in the neural pathways in your brain that help you to continue to have healthy conversation and resolve conflict. So then as you get, you, you get older, you become more and more isolated because mm-hmm. you're very narrow-minded in your thinking. And the tough part about that is that it feeds things like, you know, stress and um, like now we're seeing more and more, because I do a lot of research and study on studies and stuff, uh, this thing that we're talking about now is, is rejection-sensitive dysphoria. And it's not a medical condition, but it describes a set of symptoms that's typically connected to people with ADHD. But because of the uh, mimicking of some of the attention sorts of issues that we're having because of so much time being spent on uh, social media, it's being seen in more people outside of those who've been diagnosed with ADHD. And that, and that, that rejection-sensitive dysphoria can actually feel like physical pain when people are rejected. Mm-hmm. So. They're, they're getting into more and more of these arguments because, you know, it hurts more. It feels worse. Uh, but, but then, again, to your point of not having those conversations with people, um, you know, those healthy conversations, it actually limits our growth. It limits our absolutely. opportunity for growth. No, so, absolutely. You know, that, that's my thought on that. And, and then the no. other thing, too, social media gives us this, this misconception that we've got all these people now, where before we were in person, we had to deal with folks because, we, you know, only had so many people. And now social media makes us think, no, I got people. I don't need you. Or to Dr. Pittman's point, you know, people were, were thinking about those roots before. But in order to have roots, you got to invest. Well, now I don't have to invest in those roots. I can just keep it moving. So, so dangerous, my in my opinion. No, I love that thought. And what you're saying right now is so dangerous. So dangerous because – whether we rec- and it's harder to recognize that and recognize when, um, that we are social, like we as humans, we are social creatures. But it's hard, it's harder to recognize that in the world the way we're being groomed. Especially, you know, America always had this concept of rugged American individualism. So that's always been a part of of, of this country here in the U.S., if you will. And so there's always been that aspect. But now. We're digging our heels in that space, in my opinion, to the degree that, like what you just said, Elisa, that we're just like, well, I don't need this person anyway. And so, like you said, we're taking pride in being able to, quote, unquote, or at least we think we are, 
to build on our own when in reality, like you said, we're moving more in isolation. And the reality is part of our communal and social nature is the reality of one, not only is it our nature, but we typically accomplish more together than we ever can individually. And, and, and that's like what gets lost on one relationships being built improperly. But as you said, when we start to now devalue discourse and now only want to hear the silo of thoughts that agree with us, then for example, I'll just give this real hardcore example. Um, I don't get on the clubhouse that much. I enjoy being on your clubhouse this week, by the way, Alisa, let me just shout you out for that. Um, that was quite, so if, if any of y'all like clubhouse, go to Alisa's uh, clubhouse, uh, tell them what it is real quick, Queen, uh, before I even tell what happened to me on Clubhouse just a few weeks ago. Yeah, so I do a room on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m., and it's called it's, The Club is Inspired Humanity, and the room is about encouragement. That's all it is. You can't come in that room be negative. You can't come in that room do business no. stuff, none of that. Like, it's all about you, the person, and encouraging you to be your best self and making connection. It's restoring connection with people. No, absolutely. And so I'll say this before we go to break, and I got a new segment I'm about to introduce um, on the show. I think people are going to really appreciate it. So uh, if you, when we go to break, please stay tuned in so I can introduce this new segment that we're going to be adding to the show weekly. Um, but real quick before we go to break, I just had an example on, on Clubhouse probably actually about a month ago, and again, just talking about the inability to, dis- to have discourse. And then I re- Again, being a vaccine advocate, I went into a room, and the title was one as as the title of the clubhouse was one in which it, there was a, the way the title was set up. It seemed as if there, if there could be dialogue in asking what well, you know what do you think about these mandates. I ended up getting into a room where everybody was against it, and I ended up being in a sense the long one. You know, not, not that I was for mandates, I was just kind of presenting. Um, that I that I thought private companies probably would do it at the time um, before the government would enact it outside of um, you know government workers. I just kind of offered that thought. So clearly, I was on a different side of things. And I remember hearing a sister say that um, anybody that was in a sense uh, for vaccines, in so many words, that um, I would be against black women. And I was like, how? Like do you? I I would do. I would die for you. And how does me taking a vaccine change that concept for you? And she was adamant that anybody that was for vaccines was not for black people. And it was just like, wow, it goes that far. Even though you you were just commenting about this should be your own personal choice. And so if my personal choice is to do so, I am now your enemy. And like that's the that's where lack of discourse goes when we live in silos. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out broken and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. 
LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. So tell me, are you a leader or a follower? Hmm? I'm a leader. Okay then. What's the three rules? Break it down for me. And hey, think before you answer. I got it. Always look a person in the eye. You got to respect you better. Two words, and never be afraid to ask you for anything. Still isn't necessary. And last one I think was, never respect anybody who doesn't respect you better. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, you got it. What do you know about sex? I know a little bit. Oh yeah? What little bit is that? I know. I take a girl, stick my thing in her, and nine months later, a baby comes out. <laughs> you think that's it? Basically, yeah. Well, remember this. Any fool with a dick can make a baby, but only a real man can raise his children. Only a real man can raise his children. So I would like to introduce a new segment that we're going to start adding to the show called Lessons from Furious Styles and Other Great Fathers, where I feature fathers out there who are doing that thing that should be saluted. And I'm proud to bring on an incredible friend and brother of mine, uh, Daryl Black, and I will highlight before I get him on that. Uh, we will be promoting on social media the opportunity to nominate the fathers that you know, your fathers, your grandfathers, and the men that you know, uh, because we definitely uh, want to change this narrative and build a relationship between the black man and the black woman and highlight how many great fathers there are out there because there's these negative stereotypes that makes it seem like there are way more deadbeats than there are good fathers, and that's not a reality in our community. And I wanted to take the opportunity to add this segment again. Lessons from Furious Styles and other great fathers. Our great father that I'm bringing on this morning is a brother by the name of Daryl Black. How you doing, King? Thank you for being with us. You have been a guest on our show, um, powerful shows, talking about this particular topic, uh, the idea of deadbeats, um, your life, life and everything, man. So glad to have you back. But I was glad based on the role you served in my first year of this show, we're six years in, and you have one of the top ten shows that we've ever done all the way from six years ago. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to reach out to my boy, Daryl Black, to bring him on as the first great father on this segment. So thank you, um, King, for being with us, if you will. Just tell us where you're, where, you, where you're from, and I'm going to ask you this question, get this lesson off, and get back to this morning's show. But thank you for being with, with me, King. Good morning. Good morning. Man, this is Daryl Black from ATX all the way to the ATL. How everybody doing, man? Hey, doing great, brother. Doing great, brother. So, yeah, we're going to keep this segment quick. If And if you are interested in talking about the discussion, I will keep you on for the entire segment, but I'll give you that opportunity um, after we, you know, get, get, the, get the lesson from you that I brought you here for. And so, basically... Uh, again, this is going to be a regular regular segment. I'm just kind of introducing it because it's our first time doing it. And so basically, I want these great fathers to share lessons that they're sharing with their seeds 
for any of you out there that that may still be raising children or maybe pick some pick up a lesson that you can give to your family. So with that said, uh, Darren Black, again, I, I applaud you for being a father and a great grandfather that I know you to be. And so the question I have for you this morning is: as a father and grandfather, what is the one unique lesson you wish all of your seeds would take from you? Man, I gotta definitely use the I statement and say, stay in response mode. There's a difference between reacting and responding. Y'all been talking about public re- relations and going on. Just just remind everybody that everybody is a Coke bottle. You shake a Coke bottle up and take the top off too fast, things go everywhere. But when you respond, you could take the pressure off that bottle, man, and, and, and pour you a nice shot with, without making a mess. It's all about how we present ourselves to each other, man. If you come aggressive, you know, you uh, nine times out of ten, you're going gonna to get aggression back. You know, it's all about humanity. Uh, uh, playing chess, I don't like to say the word playing chess, you know what I'm saying, because uh, we practice life moves around here. My daughter's ten. Once I stopped playing chess and started trying to take those skills from the board to my life, then things changed for me. Everybody stay in response mode because everybody's a Coke bottle, whether you know it or not. That's it. And hold up, though. And hold up, though. You know, the Go great ahead, father type. Hey, man, you know, I, 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 I'm, on, I'm on my daddy thing, man, because you're a father by default. You ain't had to do nothing, you know what I'm saying, on that birth certificate. You earned that title, daddy. I'm going to keep on repping that, man. I, uh, and, 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 and on my side of the block, don't none of the kids pull up and say, Father, Father. No, they say Daddy, because that Daddy earned that stripe, man. Come on now. Hey, I love the thoughts, King. Uh, well, let me actually let um, uh, my co-host, Elisa, again, this is a new segment that we're going to be trying out doing, going on from now on. I think this is a great opportunity. Um, any thoughts about what our great father had to say for, uh, for this segment, Queen? Absolutely. I love, love, love what he said about staying in response mode, and that is exactly what I try to get people to do because that reactive mode is where you are acting off of emotion without the benefit of intellect, and it will mess you up every time, and you will become that explosive Coke bottle that he actually mentioned. And I also love what he said about the difference between, you know, fathers and daddies. I mean, to be honest, Think about it. Men or women, any of us can have children, but it actually takes those investments, going back to what Dr. Pittman said about those roots. you got to invest in those roots to be that. So when people are calling you daddy, they calling you daddy? Like he said, that, that's, an, that's an honor. That's a badge. You know, but definitely um, response mode, that's where it's at. No, I love it. Thank you for the um, lesson, King. Um, it's up to you. You want to ride the uh, segment out with us, or if you got to get, get, get going, I'll let you go, King. Brother, I, I'm juggling. I matter of fact, let, let's ride, man. I, yeah, yeah, you only, I, you only, you only I, got about five minutes on the segment. Yeah, yeah. It's only about man, five minutes. Let's ride. Let's ride, right, cool. man. I, I, I enjoy right. your session every time, man. Thank you, sir. Right, absolutely. Yeah, we only got about five minutes. All right, thank you, brother. Thank you for the acceptance. Again, this is something, if you want to nominate your father for next week, please get on social media. Follow me on IG at mental underscore dialogue or get on the Facebook page, Montoya Smith, and you'll see the posts. 
Ed, we're looking for great fathers. So come nominate your father. Tell him why they should be one of the people to give a a, a lesson along with um, Furious Styles. Just to highlight Boys in the Hood is my favorite movie of all time. So that's why I call it the Furious um, Lessons from Furious Styles and Other Great Fathers. All right. What I want to do real quick is play another quick cut and get all of y'all thoughts before we go to the top of the hour break, because I know Elisa has to go as well. So we're going to play another cut from that same interview we were listening to um, at the bottom of the hour. All right. Y'all take tune in, and I'll get all three of your thoughts, and we'll, get, we'll be right back. Things that I want everyone to keep in mind. We are fundamentally religious creatures. We're built for religion. And it's a great achievement to create a scientific establishment and an academic establishment that keeps that way of thinking out. Scientific thinking is not natural thinking. Religious thinking is natural thinking. And what's happening to us in the last few years especially is a flooding in of religious thinking. And so let's get a bunch of social scientists to talk about immigration. What are they going to do? Look at the data? Weigh up the pluses and minuses? No. They're going to, many of them feel they're on a team and that team is fighting the right. The right is anti-immigrant. It includes racist elements. Therefore, that justifies us in being pro-immigration. And social sciences are always, there's always ambiguity. There's always conflicting studies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, there's multiple causal factors. Exactly. Always in the social always. science study. That's right. So Beinart's point was that the left used to be able to think straight about immigration. Clearly, it had a, you know, it was generally pro-immigration, but it used to be able to think straight. But in the last few years, a religious, orthodox mindset has overtaken it. Okay, so we might as well also point out that it's a primordial religious mindset, right? Because, I mean, there are... Yeah, I don't mean Christian or Jewish. I mean mm. ancient, tribal, small-scale, lots of gods. Right, right. Well, so then one of the things that you might suggest is that when you throw out a sophisticated religious structure, an unsophisticated religious structure comes in to fill the gap. I do think that's true. Okay, yeah. okay. So that's definitely that's worth thinking about. Welcome back to the Business Dialogue Talk Show. Our discussion question this morning triggered why social media and political disagreements end friendships so easily. Um, Dr. Pittman, as our uh, expert, if you will, what do you deem from that cut? We actually only have a few minutes. Again, I'm just trying to um, navigate between uh, our, our last segment and this, but so you may be the only one that gets to speak. But if you will, Queen, uh, what do you hear out of that, um, that cut between Peterson and Hyde? Yeah, for me it was interesting that just to speak on our religious views and go back into us holding our ground on our positions and um, as this tug of war from right to left and the politics is still so I just I it sticks out that the religious view is the natural way of thinking and he said the scientific view is the non-natural way and so I can see where that a war makes sense when it comes to why we stand our ground. Uh, absolutely makes sense. Um, your thoughts, um, Elisa, as well. Um, you know, it, it, it's so interesting to me, like that particular snippet, because hasn't religion been uh, a basis used for so many different things to uh, define why people do what they do? Um, and and there's there's no perfect science, of sorts, about understanding that. And to me, it comes down to the fact that people uh, will, when, when they feel backed against a wall, they will use whatever they feel they need to use in order to support both self-serving bias and confirmation bias. 
So if that means that they have to use the tenets of religion within politics to do that, it's not even about the religion. It's about the fact that people want what they want when they want it, and they're going to use whatever that is. And that's what we're seeing more, and it goes back to what I said earlier about we're not in a collectivist mindset. We're we're in an individualistic mindset because politics in and of Mm. itself needs to be about people in general. And that means that when we we think of it that way, every person is not going to get their ideal thing happening because there's a compromise there, and people don't want to do that. So then we're seeing more and more division in politics subsequently with playing out on social media. Absolutely. Um, we we have our great father, Daryl Black, with us as well. So I'm going to give you the last thought before we go to break. We've got about a minute, so keep it short, King. But thanks for being with us this morning. Daryl, you still there? Oh, I'm sorry. I took you down. My bad. Uh, you're live, boy. you got about a minute before we go to break. Uh, all right. 10-4. They, they, man, they, they saying it so eloquently, man. And it, it just boils down to Stop being selfish, man. Uh, uh, it's hard to it's hard to be around a person when they show selfishness. You know, I mean that that's on 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 the political level, the religious level. When you listen to a person long enough, you hear where they're going and you hear where they're coming from. The good people come together, man. We could change it out, man, and hopefully they'll start playing monkey see, monkey do. Other than that, you know, you just gotta watch who you're dealing with, man. And that's not, no, that don't mean isolate yourself. No, nah, absolutely. Now, nah, respect the thoughts. We are at the top of the hour. Going to play this amazing spoken word piece from Prince EA that talks directly about what we talk about. But before we go, um, Dr. Pittman, if you will, I'm sorry, Elisa, I'm sorry, you're having to go. So if you will, Elisa, let people know how they can stay in contact with you and get your services because she is an amazing emotional intelligence coach and i'm not just saying that she's highly sought after doing work overseas uh have to be up early in the morning talking to countries overseas because she's so good at what she does so um if you will at least let them know how they can stay in contact with you before we go to break absolutely you You can hit me up on thank you Montoya. so all over social media i have the same handle it's i am ms md word and you can find me all over social media, whichever platform you want to go on. But you can also go to my website, awordandcompany.com, and check me out there. I would love to talk to you. would love to work with you. love to get on your platform and have conversations, whoever you are. And Montoya, it's always, always an honor to be on with you, Dr. Pittman, um, our father that's on here today. Thank you all so much for your time. I wish I had more time, but I know you all going to kill it in the second hour. So thank you. Now, thank you. And put October the 15th on your calendar. We are doing a live experience live. Dr. Pittman is going to be in the house as we do a mental health discussion on PTSD. So if you are available on the 15th uh, at the Russell Innovation Center and Entrepreneurs. So look forward to that on here in Atlanta, Alisa. Look forward to seeing you again. It's been a while. All right. Thanks. I'll talk to you all soon. Bye-bye. All right, we'll be right back where all I ask is that you think. Did you know the average person spends four years of his life looking down at his cell phone? Kind of ironic, ain't it? How these touch screens can make us lose touch. But it's no wonder in a world filled with iMacs, iPads, and iPhones, so many eyes, so many selfies, not enough 
us's and we see. Technology has made us more selfish and separate than ever. Because while it claims to connect us, connection has gotten no better. And let me express first, Mr. Zuckerberg, not to be rude, but you should reclassify Facebook to what it is, an anti-social network. Because while we may have big friend lists, so many of us are friendless all alone. Because friendships are more broken than the screens on our very phones. We sit at home on our computers measuring self-worth by numbers of followers and likes. Ignoring those who actually love us, it seems we'd rather write an angry post and talk to someone who might actually hug us. Am I bugging? You tell me, because I asked a friend the other day, let's meet up face to face. They said, all right, what time you want to Skype? I responded with, OMG, SRS, and then a bunch of SMHs and realized, what about me? Do I not have the patience to have conversation without abbreviation? This is the generation of media overstimulation. Chats have been reduced to snaps. The news is 140 characters. Videos are six seconds at high speed. And you wonder why ADD is on the rise faster than 4G LTE, but... Get a load of this. Studies show the attention span of the average adult today is one second lower than that of a goldfish. So if you're one of the few people who are aquatic animals that have yet to click off or close this video, congratulations. Let me finish by saying you do have a choice. Yes. But this one, my friends, we cannot autocorrect. We must do it ourselves. Take control or be controlled. Make a decision. Me? No longer do I want to spoil a precious moment by recording it with a phone. I'm just going to keep them. I don't want to take a picture of all my meals anymore. I'm just going to eat them. I don't want the new app, the new software, or the new update. And if I want to post an old photo, who says I have to wait until Thursday? I'm so tired of performing in the pageantry of vanity and conforming to this accepted form of digital insanity. Call me crazy, but... I imagine a world where we smile when we have low batteries. Because that'll mean we'll be one bar closer to humanity. Welcome back to the Law Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. Special guest is Dr. Katrina Pittman. Our discussion question triggered why social media and political disagreements in friendships so easily. Hold on one second. Dr. Pittman, you're still back on, right? Yeah, I'm live. Okay, okay. I heard something in the background. I didn't know if that was you or me. Okay, got you. Also, Ashley, I'm bringing you live with this queen. I know you were you called in on the first hour, and I told you I would bring you back on for the second hour as Elisa had to leave. Again, this is if you're just not tuning in. This is one of our Queens of Intellect members, again, some of the queens I keep on deck to keep me in line on these discussions. So thank you for still hanging out and being with us, um, Ashley. But, again, the great poem by Prince E.A. And Dr. Pittman, just kind of want to hear your thoughts after um, hearing, as he calls that poem, Autocorrect Humanity. Your thoughts on that poem. Yeah, I mean, yeah, snapping fingers here. I just really love every level of the poem, and especially the ending line of, you know, when we're low in battery, we smile because we're one bar less close to humanity. I think 
everything what he said is valid and is playing out in such a way that it is really destroying and impacting our relationships and the health and wellness of our ability to reconnect and create relationships. No, absolutely. Ashley, what did you think of that particular poem by Prince EA? Yeah, I think it is uh, pretty pretty on point for what we're experiencing and, and the deeper levels that we're going to go into this if we don't try to make some changes. No, absolutely. And so where I want to go is to kind of dig back into that last cut from the last segment and just discuss it from this level because um, as Peterson and Hyatt, and forget if I'm saying it, hope I'm saying his name correctly, as they were kind of di- dialoguing in a sense talking about, I think they call it the primordial, uh, in a sense, religious thought process. And so for them, I didn't, get, I didn't want to play the whole cut and bore you with the whole cut, if you will. But further in that cut, what they were really explaining is, again, if we, as it said, if our nature is in a sense religious thoughts over scientific thoughts, it's not limited to just the major religions, if you will. What they're talking about is our nature to be tribal and how we come to conclusions. Uh, for example, we see some information and we come to an ad hoc conclusion. And that's basically um, quite often, quite often that, that is due to um, an unscientific approach to how we assess information. And so within that same cut, they were, in a sense, talking about how when you, in a sense, go to university, go to college, if you will, or whatever, and you bring in the scientific way of thinking, which is a pragmatic way of going about business and actually looking at actual data and comparing that. And so quite often the scientific approach, if you will, um, kind of only commits to things that it can prove. Um, and sometimes people really confuse that science treats itself as if it's a fact. Quite often, science is trying to disprove itself. But if you've never been exposed to that way of thinking, you don't understand that when science gets to fact, it's because it's went through these pragmatic steps to say, okay, um, let's take this through this experiment to disprove what we think. And it's not to the point of where we can't disprove it Well, science even refer to something as a fact. But again, when you go to college level thinking or whatever, or you might even get exposed to some of this, the idea of a theory versus a factor and things of that nature. And so that is a totally different train of thought. And so I say all of this to to kind of dialogue, and I'll go to you, Dr. Pittman. So quite often for those who think like that way, in that way, um, quite often they're outcasts because it is human nature to be in tribes. And what we don't understand about that is that's exactly how the media plays to us. So when we get into political discussions or religious discussions, if you kind of bought in, whether it's the propaganda that's put on the media or, in a sense, even the propaganda that you're getting from the person you may be following, it may not even be your religious person that you're following. But the way that they play to your nature is knowing that we are tribal in nature, and so they can play to that and basically compete, continue to compete, com, repeat things until you believe them. And at that point, you don't care about the facts. Well, your belief overstands what's actually going on, and you end up living in 
in a in a space that's not living in reality. And if you're not living in reality, quite often you can make the wrong decisions about what you need to do in life because you fought into a belief. Your thoughts on that? Me breaking that down, Dr. Pittman. How those two different mindsets are pitted against one another, and it's not a benefit to be fully one or the other. You have to take scientific approaches to a lot of things that we do in life. Your thoughts, Queen? Uh, Yes. Um, The ability for us in the scientific way of thinking, addressing that culture of people first, is the goal is to stay fact-focused, right, and uh, isolate our feelings. And this um, nature as a religious thought or tribal thought is like minds think alike. And you want to connect, and that's the way we pull on connecting. And I do see um, the media as it is really kind of pimps that natural way of thinking of tribal and collecting and more of us and us versus them to influence our perceptions on our reality. And so when it comes to someone scientifically just wanting to to discuss facts, my mindset has already been manipulated based on the way the information is given to me in such a subconscious way that I'm fixed before I even know it. And the danger or the, the responsible part of us needs to learn how to marry that both that tribal collective way of thinking versus facts and knowledge so that we are able to make the right decisions. Um, And that is the goal, to marry those two perspectives so that we are able to have healthy dialogue, to be willing to engage in in, in dialogue with someone of a different perspective to grow so that we can grow kind of breaking all that down, just marrying those things, because I think we're in a space now where we're not marrying, in a sense, the scientific approach, where we're getting in our tribe, stuck in our spaces, and don't see the benefits. There's a reason why you have to learn that approach, because as we heard prior to the break, natural is religious, primordial thinking. Again, not the religion that you are, just the way that we come to our thought processes and our beliefs is what we're referring to when we say religious and primordial today. How, however, since that's natural, we we're actually have arguments and fights, or, you know, such as climate control is actually a fight, despite the simple science of it. Your thoughts, Queen? Yeah, uh, so I, I don't think that, I don't think that um, people really understand, like, science and just how much we need it, right, what what it does for us, the opportunity that it creates. And so, you know, oftentimes people, where we are now, it's about them being right. It, it's not about you doing any research. It's not about you backing it up. 
it's about you being right. And, and people tend to be around people that also support that same narrative. And it makes it harder for us to move forward and to have those conversations, like you mentioned, because it's about the rightness and not necessarily about are you researching and making sure that that's right? Are you fact-checking? Are you, like, let's consider our last president, right, and how everything went there. We're, we're running into situations where we don't trust science. There's so many things that are competing, and, and right now the only thing that people are focused on is that I be right, that I'm the right person, that you agree with my opinion, and there's no fact-checking in that, and, and it's really doing us harm. No, absolutely. We are up against the break. Um, six zero nine last three eight nine one. We will get to you coming out of this break. If you want to be like the caller that just got in, the number to get in is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, that's six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. You do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. Are you trying to figure out your next income stream? Maybe get into cryptocurrency, real estate, or maybe even start your own business. If so, contact the KG Hire Company to receive a professional consultation or strategy session to provide you the advice you need to get a jump start on your new venture. If it's a new business, there's nothing like having a business consultant review your finances, strategy, or marketing. If it's real estate, the KG Hire Company specializes in evaluating deals for profitability and securing special financing for creative real estate acquisitions. If it's cryptocurrency, then look no further than the KG Hire Company to master the components of blockchain technology and investing into cryptocurrency. Serving Atlanta since 2016, the KG Hire Company is an industry leader in customer experience and getting your money's worth. Contact them at kghire.com or 833-544-9288. Again, that's 833-544-9288. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. My now special guest co-host is Ashley Thomas, once again saving the day, just like she did last week, uh, as one of our Queens of Intellect members, and our special guest is Dr. Katrina Pittman for this morning's discussion question, Triggered, Why Social Media and Political Disagreements End Friendships So Easily? We have a couple of callers that want to get in. We're going to go to area code 609-3891. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good morning, Montoya. This is Marilyn. I'm calling from Atlanta. Hey, how you doing, Queen? Um, I'm doing well today. Thank you for this discussion and for everyone who has contributed. There have been some very profound things and thoughts that have been exchanged. Uh, you know, my thing is is, is uh, being a ministry, I'm a um, liberation theologist. I believe in culture and Christ and it's important for me that we as a people um, exchange information that's going to benefit us as a culture. We tend to listen to our own radio and our own media, which is really representative and replicated of the greater media, which doesn't serve us well. Um, we have to look at things that, you know, I believe in the nature of, of law, the, the law of nature and the laws of God in terms of the humanity of of, of, of humanity, um, science tends to sometimes segregate that and put us in a position of being inferior um, where science does not really serve us as a people. 
because it always wants to denigrate us and and to to make us look different than we are. And the thing about mainstream media is they can super sweeten something and they're actually saying something, but they're meaning something else. I've become really, really astute at, you know, segregating what they're saying and what they mean. And they tend to not uh, come at us from a, a truthful front-on perspective. And we pick up what's being said rather than what's, what's being meant. Um, we as a media, our media has to take the reins in disseminating information that is true and righteous and that benefits us. We tend to regurgitate what we hear instead of someone said fact-checking, you know, do the research for yourself. Don't listen and take something and run with it. Make sense of the things that don't make sense. Common sense is not common. Everything that is presented to us is not truthful, it's not honest, it's not forthright. And we have got to stop being uh, this homogenized, supersized, instantaneous generation and to step back and to look at things from a critical perspective, you know, um, it's it's mission critical that we begin to get things right because so much is in the media that there was a time, okay, right after Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, we were very culture conscious, politically, religiously, on all fronts. And now so much has been thrown at us. There's been, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, the virus, the pandemic, or the, the pandemic. Then there's the Afghan, Afghanistan, and now they're the Haitians, which they are coming against because they are black people. We need to stand behind them and get them what they need. Everybody can be let in here but us, and it's so blatant, and nothing's being done about it. We are can a I jump, can I jump that in, needs um, to be recognized. Yes. Can I jump in? Because there's a couple things, um, and this is what we do on, you know, get, welcome the opinion. Um, but I, I, I want to, if you don't mind, I want to challenge your thought and hear my guest thoughts on where I challenge you at, and you'll get to respond as well. I'll let you respond first. So when I heard you say, in my, you know, this, you know obviously that's what we do. We dialogue, have opinions. So when you say the science, so when you, so I felt like something you said is actually, in my opinion, the opposite of what it was. So you mentioned the idea of science denigrating us and, and with the concept of being inferior and that the me- media does this certain thing, I would challenge you that science doesn't do that. It's the propaganda that p- gets proposed in the media. In the past, the media might have been only the written, written word of books or, or <clears throat> newspapers, and obviously now we have, we're in the world of social media, so every day you can see something on your timeline. So I would offer – Again, talking about the difference between primordial mindsets and a scientific mindset on how you approach information, I would offer to you that it's the opposite of what you're saying. Like, for example, speaking of the denigration and inferior, historically there was a time where, quote, unquote, science was used to say we were inferior. Actual science always went against that. So that's the conversation. When you get propaganda, then you can get, quote, unquote, pseudoscience that's not actual science, not using methodology, that can say a lot of things. And basically whoever has power and influence can basically influence people to believe things. That's the point of this discussion is when you consider that by nature, those in power or those that control media, they play to our nature to be tribal. And you can actually believe one group is less than another group. 
science never backs that up. Actual science never backs that up. Um, your thoughts on that, Queen, and then I'll care to um, get both of our um, guest thoughts on it as well. Actually, we're saying the same thing. I agree with you 100%. Okay. But if we're not doing our own research and if we're just taking you right. know, okay. off the cuff what people are saying, but you are absolutely right. I'm the first to, to agree with that. Okay, got you. And that was just me misunderstanding a little bit of what you said. Uh, thank you for that, Queen. Thank you for your three cents. Great three cents this morning. I got another caller that wants to get in, so I'm going to go ahead and jump to the caller. Um, um, Ashley or Dr. Pippen, anything you want to say in reference to what uh, Marilyn had to say? Because, I, again, I appreciate her for calling in this morning. Yo, this is Dr. Pippen. I agree with both of you that I share that mindset. Okay, sounds good. Just wanted to check. Let's go to Brother Pianchi calling out of St. Louis. How you doing, Brother Pianchi? What you got for us, King? Well, good morning. You know, I like this topic. Why social media? But I would stop it there and it would go on and say political disagreement ends friendships because social media, like Facebook and Twitter, are really public accommodations, and they should be looked at like that, just like Bell Telephone was. The public uses it to communicate. Now, political disagreement, social media allows people to come on and express their views on certain topics, then at that point, you can view their views and see if they are aligned with yours. The last caller made a comment about people like agreements. People like agreements will become tribal, per se, and gather together. My top drawer is a lot emptier than what it was when I first started using social media for certain things, like political things. Because when I find people whose political views are not the same as mine, and others do too, you tend to move away from them and gravitate to those who have the same political views as yours. As for a simple proven scientific reason that one step forward and two steps backwards don't get you nowhere. <laughs> so if you go going to align, you align with those who's going to be supportive and of your like interests. That way the agenda that's usually developed amongst that group, that tribe, can be worked on. And you can look at it in the politics. The lady made mention about the Haitians. I'm against Haitians' immigration the way it's being portrayed. I'm for illegal immigration. And then you have to ask the logic of what people think sometimes, Montour, because in one conversation they are against brain drain of other countries. Then in another conversation, they are for mass migration from another country. And then you put the scientific reasoning to it, it just don't make sense. Thank you. Well, that's, yeah, and, and that's the dialogue that we're having. Um, the reality is all of us as, as humans, uh, we can be guilty of if, and again, I'm I'm offering that we've become so tribal that to a degree where we've, in a sense, unfortunately, let go of the scientific approach to 
and again, what I'm saying, I want to be clear. I'm not saying simply science. Just talking about the approach of how to think. Like, for example, I was a legal studies major. I took a lot of philosophy or whatever. So one of my philosophy class included a lot of math. My logic class was a lot of math. It actually blew my mind. I didn't expect that, right? And so I'm trying to be clear here because I know words can have different meanings. So for anybody that may be triggered that I'm only focused on science, and yes, you know, let me, you know, put it on. I've already said I am a, a, a science ad- enthusiast. I'm a vaccine advocate. But don't confuse me in, although those are my things that I claim, if you will, don't confuse my me saying science today as if I'm only talking about science. I'm talking about the two different approaches, uh, the pragmatic uh, cognitive approach versus an emotional tribal approach. They're not to be completely competed, um, compete, um, pitted against one another. Here's where Lisa would be perfect because, again, she's an emotional intelligence coach. They both have their place. The discussion that I'm having today is the fact that we have, we're losing sight of another approach, and because we lose sight of it, that becomes the why in today's question, the why we are ending friendships so easily. I've had to talk to some people that I care about dearly having dialogues, and this happens quite often when it comes to politics, where people that have been been family for years, got together for years, and sometimes over who somebody was voting for, somebody might say to a longtime family member with a relationship of 30 years, don't come to my house anymore. That's what the dialogue is about today. It's not about which side you are on. Dr. Pittman, for about a minute and a half, but please jump in right there, Queen. Yeah, see, um, the ability for us to choose to stay rigid again is the core of the problem. I think when we try to recognize it's imperative for us to be okay and comfortable with healthy dialogue, it allows us to expand, it allows our views to grow and so that we can gain new insight and new understanding. Um, just, uh, it's, it is a grave concern to have such a, a, um, a loss in our willingness to flex and that this control that it is taking on is, is doing a great work at isolating us and creating division. Yeah, Ashley. Like you know, I think you you were still. I think you were still listening. I hope you heard when I mentioned that clubhouse example. Like that young lady, has she met me in person, and we never discussed vaccines. I think she would find that I'm very much, you know, absolutely about our community. Now she didn't know me from Adam. She didn't know anything about me having a mental dialogue community club. So she doesn't know how committed I am to our community, right? But if she saw me on those levels. I think she would find me as someone that she considers protective. I try to protect sisters as much as I can, if you will, right? But her finding out that I took a vaccine, she made me the enemy. So, again, trigger. Why are we ending friendships so easily? There are so many things that I think, you know, again, I'm not that I'm concerned or worried about her. I don't know her just because I met her on social media. But I'm just highlighting how quickly I could be, a, if she could mess with me, find out I took the vaccine, and that would be enough. Um, we're actually up against the break, Queen. Let me do this break. I want to hear your thoughts coming out of the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. I 
Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, Pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go, and everywhere I be, be, I don't even talk, talk, they still go with me. Because I look like money, smell like money, talk like money, even walk like money. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, special guest co-host Ashley Thomas. Our special guest is Dr. Katrina Pittman. Triggered why social media and political disagreements end friendships so easily. Ashley, definitely interested in your thoughts as I, you know, bring up the situation I faced on Clubhouse with finding out this one thing. Um, the young lady referred to me as an enemy to our community, not just to her, but to our entire community. Oh, my one difference in agreement, difference in how I see the vaccine. Your thoughts on us being triggered to that degree that we throw people away because of one different belief. So I, I think when when we think about, like, how we interact with social media, right, like you have the people on your timeline that you want on your timeline. You follow the people that you want because they already offer the same perspective or views that you have. Um, and so when when you consider that even when people do lives and things like that, it's generally not something that is very interactive. We are generally following or paying attention to what they're putting out um, because people are not having that opportunity to, like, just have that conversation, like, let me explain, this is what I'm trying to say or this is where I'm coming from, a lot of our conversations, a lot of our communications now follow that same stream, like, well, we're on this because I decided to follow this because you should have the same opinion. Like, if you're not on the same wavelength, I don't need to interact with you. Like, I don't need to see this negativity. I don't need to see this, quote, unquote, toxicness, toxicity on my timeline, mm-hmm. right? And, and, like, people don't consider, like, we don't have to agree, right? But there's there's nothing out there that says that we don't have to agree, like, common sense and and logical thought says that we don't have to agree but we're not we're not as as the other um caller said like common sense is not that common we're not in a space anymore anymore where we can assume that people are picking up what we're actually saying beyond the words right what is the subcontext what is being said beyond the words we're not in that space anymore and we have to be very um 
explicit in what we're saying and try to detail things a little bit more, and people are not willing to do that work. Like, that's more work than just saying what you want to say and shutting down your comments or doing a live and, you know, catering to an audience that uh, already agrees with what you're saying, right? Like, that's so much easier than actually Mm -hmm. having to back up or do the work and have the thought behind and, and really break it down so people understand your logic, right? Because people think it's a challenge when you ask them, well, why? I'm mm-hmm. not challenging you. I want to understand your perspective. Right. But because we have not been putting people in a position to, like, just kind of think, right, just just go a little further, that awareness is not there, right? You are not aware. And a lot of what we see is based on our experiences, the trauma. We, we love trauma bonding in our society right now. And so it makes it easier for you to be with the people that support what you say than for you to really – be challenged and have to dig deeper and see, like, is this how I actually feel or is this how I'm conditioned or is this the trauma that I've experienced? Is this, like, what my parents told me is the truth? And because no one, not no one, but because a lot of people are not used to doing that work and peeling back those layers because things can get messy and very scary, People don't want to do that work. They're not seeing other people do that work. So what is the incentive? What is the motivation for them to step out and potentially be canceled to actually use their brain and consider their why or what the root cause, what is driving this, right? So it's easier to just cancel than to do the work. And the cancel also scares those who are sometimes willing to think outside the box. They're scared to voice it due to the fear of being rejected because you can be attacked fully on social media. And so okay. it's like what I'm saying people are very aware of. I hope today's dialogue is at least a drop in the bucket to at least think about exactly what we're doing. Or, for example, let me go back to um, the, the idea of how the media manipulates. Like at the end of the day, you can go ask most Americans that any day, you know, I don't watch any bad news, as I call it, or whatever, Got that coin from my my partner Joe Blees, but so I don't, it's not my 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 thought. But he calls it all the bad news. But I haven't watched the new bad news in a decade. Now, of course, I still have access to news, especially with social media, right? And so, uh, but again, I don't listen to in a sense their slant, if you will. Or I try to avoid the slant. But the reality is, all of us as a society will be like, we know that they manipulate us and say talk stuff about the media but we'll still steadily listen to only our viewpoint, get into our tribes, and accept the media that basically is saying what we want to hear. And what I always say, for example, when it comes to politics, what I always say, if you're if you're going to watch the news, which I recommend that you don't, because, it's again, it's, 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 they're really ultimately playing to our heartstrings, not just to simply put you on the side, but ultimately to sell you some stuff. So that's ultimately why they pay, pay to your to pay to your emotions. But th- that aside, what I always say to people that if you're going to watch the news, then it, when it comes to politics in particular, you have to watch. I'll I'll just use these two as an example. You have to watch MSNBC and Fox. You have to watch both. I says because because if we both can agree that the media is going to lie to us from time to time, and nobody will argue that. So I say to them, I say, if you're caught up into the politics of it, if you don't listen to what the other broadcast is saying, how will you ever know when your side is lying to you? Right. 
Do you see what I'm saying? We all agree that they lie. But we will still go into our silos and listen to, I, I can't listen to the other side. And so that's what we do at Mentor Dialogue when our motto is all I ask is that you think. We challenge people to practice the art of conversation. And the key point to the art of conversation is when you're at our event, we tell you we welcome the opinions because we're not looking for an audience, like you said, um, Ashley, to where everybody's agreeing with what we're discussing because that's not the goal. We want all these opinions because the goal is to get yourself in the space of being willing to listen to thoughts that are different than your own. Because I've been breaking this down to the community club since we've been around for, you know, we've been around for a decade now, been a business for six years. Hint, hint, support what we're doing at mentaldialogue.com. But with that, with that said, from the very beginning, what I've always said about the club from the very beginning was this, that once you leave, in a sense, formal education, whether you stop at 12th grade or go on and get some college or whatever, master's or whatever, but once you're outside of formal education, that in the reality, the only way that you learn is to hear ideas different than your own. Because that's the only way you can challenge your thoughts to say, man, maybe I should do this different. You could have never thought that if you only rock with people who think like you. I always tell people, even if you got a dope group of people that elevate you, eventually there will stagnation will take place if you never allow a different train of thought or challenge the group to hear different trains of thoughts. You will reach a level that you may be content and happy with, but to continue to grow, you must Challenge yourselves. Dr. Pittman, your thoughts. I agree. Thank you. Um, we got to challenge ourselves to grow. Um, if it's not growing, it's dying. And so relationships, mindsets, everything about us promotes growth. Change is constant. And when we stick our feet in the sand, we are the ones that are Resigning to be extinct. It's, a, it's, it's resigning to surrender to a lack of healthy relationships, a lack of new ideas and mindsets. And then we're unable to grow and flourish like design. I agree totally that we must seek opportunities. And, and I'm a, I don't like to debate. That can be stressful. However, I love healthy dialogue, and I look to engage in conversation where the perspective is different, not with the intent to persuade you my way, but to seek understanding of your perspective, right. because ultimately it will enlighten me and maybe even impact how I do things once we've had that conversation or interaction, and that's the key. No, it's absolutely key, and I'm going to bring up this example again, and I'm you know, I definitely have seen I definitely seen this um as in a sense as our country as we keep hearing we're 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 digging our heels in and we're gonna continue to deal our dig our heels in if we go to our natural tribal selves. So humans for as long as we've been around um over time, believe it or not, humans have become in a sense less violent towards one another. But if you literally look at the history and see how violent we were, that comes from pre-mortal, tribal, religious-type thinking and making others others and not realizing how much we are more alike than we are different. And so 
getting into a tribe and disagreeing with the difference is how we've created bunches of issues over the years, and now we're digging our heels in and, in a sense, doing that again and not being open to, as we're saying today, having different trains of thought. Shameful, and, I, and I've heard of these situations, and I want to hear both of your thoughts, but shameful that somebody that you've, I've seen parents and children do this, brothers and sisters do this, when it came to, for example, Donald Trump. I've heard of families literally don't come to my house again since you voted for Donald Trump. I, I highlight this because you disregard every other, all the other reasons you even had a relationship with this person. Not only do you disregard all the other reasons that you have a relationship with this person, but you actually are devoid of even trying to understand how they came to their own conclusion that they should have a right to do. I understand that you may receive it as that vote is harm to me. However, to receive it as just that and only that, that's a mirror check. That's not a them problem. That's a you problem. Any thoughts on that, Ashley? We're going to go to a break, and I want to get Dr. Pittman to break that down even further. But go ahead, Ashley. Yes. So um, I, I have two things. The first being that, right, like we're, we're so – everything is so um, about us right now that anything that deviates from that is attack against us, right? So, so that's what's really driving, in my opinion, some of those things that's happening with those relationships, right? Like, oh, you agreed with Donald Trump. Like, I know what he said he stands for, so that means if he's against black people, like, you are also against me. That, that's what drives some of it. Um, I'm reading this book called Loving Bravely, and, and it really touches on this concept that a lot of people don't embrace. It's called um, – it, it's and I think it's and then, it, but it, it's pretty much the concept of duality, right? Like these things can be true. Someone can support Donald Trump, but it doesn't negate that they also respect you as a person, right? We have to be able to see that one thing can be very true and another thing can exist at the same time, right? Like this concept of like, I love you, but I also don't like this part of you right here. Those two things are very true. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. And so when we step outside of ourselves and and add that humanity aspect back into the interactions that we're having that, this one thing over here can be true, but this other thing over here on the right side can also be true. It allows us to show up to those conversations and be transparent and honest and, like, express those things. But because we take things so personal and we're not able to see that those two truths or multiple three, four, whatever, you know, all of these things can be true at the same time. It makes it hard for us to show up and participate in those conversations, and it, it makes us want to block those things because we take it like somebody is, is doing this against Attacking. us and, like, flash, you're, you are the star in your own life. But, like, you are not the star in someone else's life. No matter if you, you love them, you're married, you have kids or whatever, like, that is their life, and they are entitled to feel the way that they are. And we have to be able to respect that and accept those things. And that acceptance does not mean that you agree with it. It just means I, I hear what you're saying and I accept it. That's it. 
Yep. You accept their right to come to the conclusion based on the perspective of their life. And you can still exactly. think it's and you can still think it's wrong, but it doesn't negate why your friends. Why your right. friends was it should have way more value than this thought process that you're holding on and blocking and dismissing people for so easily. We're up against the break, we'll be right back. But all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of Intelligent Radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me directly. Again, that number is 404-604-9477, or feel free to DM me via social media, IG, Mental Underscore Dialogue, Facebook, Mental Dialogue, personal Facebook page, Montoya Smith. Contact me. We'll gladly um, show you our wonderful advertising packages. If you are an individual without a business or service and would like to support and keep Intelligent Radio on the air, please go to visit mentaldialogue.com. Also, make sure that you are supporting um, our businesses that support us currently, moneymotivation.com, um, as well as kghyatt.com and LNG Technologies. Very grateful for their support. It is the reason why we are on the media to counter the propaganda that you are seeing via the regular news. Here we welcome all the opinions so that we can think about it, talk about it, not dismiss each other, not cancel one another. And with that said, let me also highlight our new show every Wednesday night, 8 p.m., our live video interactive show, Just My Three Cents, where we attempt to raise the culture. It's a rapid fire. I want you to jump in with me, whatever going on during the week, anything that you want to discuss, but we tend to focus once again, as typical, race, sex, and culture, the hard issues. That's what we deal with here on this show and on Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. via Facebook Live, and we will start this week for the first time, YouTube Live as well. So definitely tune in, find us, follow us, and tune in and share this show. If you're listening right now, share this, you know, we got about, uh, what, uh, just a few, 10 more minutes before the show ends, but, you know, just share it with your friends and say, hey, this is a great show. Make sure you're sharing it if you're actually enjoying it as well. Our special guest today, Dr. Katrina Pittman, as well as my 
Queens of Intellect member Ashley Thomas jumped on to save the day in the second hour. Um, appreciate what you had to say just now, Ashley. I wanted to turn it over to Dr. Pittman specifically when it comes to this discussion because at the end of the day, when it comes to mental health work, if you will, Dr. Pittman, a lot of what you do quite often, right, is people that are coming in, in a lot of cases, trying to face things, face things that they haven't faced. And so um, the work that you do directly speaks to this conversation today, how helping people understand that it, when in their own individual spaces, by the time they get to you and are requesting help in a lot of cases, they're having to face things they haven't been willing to face. We have to, in my opinion, we also have to be aware of how that plays out for us socially as well. Your thoughts, Queen? Yes, King, definitely. Um, Part of our issue is learning how to recover. When we um, get so fixed, the self-focused perspective is really what it is. You know, when we go through life, we get these bumps and bruises. Life happens to us. We form opinions. We form opinions about those who interact with us. So I'm just a boatload of opinions interacting in life. And I'm so focused on me that when I abandon this opportunity to interact as in engaging with someone new, I miss I miss the real meat of what life is, um, being able to um, this was your the, the comment the the example you gave reminds me of a friend who um, just had a discussion well after our former president has been elected and has gone on, but they recently had the conversation about four months ago, and she discovered her barber, who she's been going to for twenty years, voted in a way that she didn't want to vote. And since then has not gone to her barber since. Wow. Is struggling, looking for her place, her hair, her needs to be met because of one opinion. And so it really can destroy us. And the goal is for us to seek an opportunity to have healthy dialogue and resolve that conflict, ask and Seek to show the perspective. Seek to understand. And when we do, we will both wind up being enlightened. Because, yeah, that's a great example. I mean, it's not like that difference of opinion, regardless of who was voted for or they disagreed with, but it's not like that difference of opinion changed the skin. Clearly, for 20 years, this person, you know, our hair is important to us. Weekly. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, a weekly appointment for 20 years, like, like, we don't even think about how important our hair is. Like we know it is, but we don't really think about how important it is. I, I've even heard, for example, um, just to even just highlight how this is so. This example is so significant. I'm glad you brought it to the table. But just to kind of go on a little tangent here, just to relate how important our hair is. But um, literally, I've heard of examples of elderly people being in hospice or whatever, and. Um, like and maybe they get some type of form or some form of cancer or something to this degree where maybe they lose their hair or they're trying to grow their hair back or it's just coming back and things of this nature. But I've heard of examples of even as people were on a hospice bed and in a sense still kind of they, maybe they experienced dementia, but they still check for their hair, like literally patting their head, checking for their hair, even as they're experiencing dementia and not even familiar with the family members that are around them, showing you how important this one thing is to us. So I highlight that to just accentuate what you just said, that somebody would give up their 20-year hair person 
over one opinion. That, uh, Brother Pianchi wants to get back in. I'm going to go to Brother Pianchi, and I'm going to come to you, Ashley. All right, Brother Pianchi, what you got for us, King? Well, see, here's the thing. People are not willing to come to terms because mm-hmm. although their hair may be valuable to them, where they spend their money and what that money is going to support is also valuable. It gets back to that one step forward and the two steps back. You don't support that which is not per your interest. There's no per, per, there's no permanent friends. It's just permanent interest. Thank you very much. That's a good thought as well. Um, Ashley, any thoughts? Let me get you back on, Queen. Any thoughts to you know what we're talking about, Queen? Glad to have you on. Thank you for saving the day and coming back on with us. Yeah, I, I, I like. I feel like there is a degree where you know, like, if something conflicts with you morally, or you know, like, there's just something, you know, like, if someone is in clear support of rape culture and things like that, I get it. But we have to allow people to be different, right? And and there's no point in if someone has truly brought something meaningful and beautiful to your life, there's no reason to throw it away for a difference. Like, are you really willing to sacrifice all of the, the positive that someone brings to you um, just just to stand on this thing that, you know, maybe your opinions might change, right? Like there are definitely some parts of me, um, you know, like looking at a political aspect, like there are some parts of me that are very conservative. I, I fully acknowledge that. And there are very there are some parts of me that are very liberal, and it would probably surprise some of my friends, but, like, my opinions about certain things, why I have an opinion based on how it impacts my life, does not take away from who I am to you and how I show up for you. And and we can't continue to throw these things away because it is going to do more harm than good in the long run. And you have to allow for that flexibility that opinions change. And the reason that someone might support something might be based on an experience or something that's going on with them. There has to be flexibility. And that's so key that, Opinions can change. Your own opinions can change. And the fact and the proof that we've lost sight of it is now that we have social media and we can go back and see what you said 10 years ago on social media, and now that you're being canceled or attacked, somebody you may get attacked for an old opinion, have to answer to it, yes. and you don't even think that way anymore. So we're not allowing growth because now you could be held <clears throat> the wrong tweet we are and, and 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 I love people like when Kevin Hart stood up to I'm not answering to an old tweet when I about you know what he said about his son and things of that nature but you're right Ashley when you say it's one thing if you in a sense know that somebody's supporting something that's directly harmful to you the issue with a you know whether it comes down to a president if you will or a political ideology to a degree your dismissive the dismissiveness of that person, you're not right. even thinking about quite often the reason you even think, quote unquote, one man, Donald Trump, for example, is harmful to you is you was given that. Some that thought was given to you. You didn't come to that conclusion on your own. You listened to a lot of media. If you remember the one part of the show where we get caught up in making things sacred cow. And so now, for example, the word racist gets thrown around so easily 
that we don't even know what's racist and what isn't. It just gets used mm-hmm. randomly because we've lost our ability to critically think. That's why we are getting rid of our friends and family so easily over these things. Dr. Pittman, we've got a couple of minutes. Um, I want to give you uh, your last thoughts. Share with people how they can stay in contact with you, and uh, we'll let Ashley give out her information as well. But thank you so much, Queen, for coming on this morning. Thank you, King. My last thought is that it's important for us, now that we've heard and we know better, we must do better. Let's take the opportunity to step in someone else's shoes and listen and expand our perspective and hopefully allow them that by listening to them that they, if they are traumatized by it and are so easily offended, that they will learn to deactivate that trigger. And you can reach me on social media through um, my Facebook page, A Paradigm Shift. Or you can reach me through my webpage, www.drxman, that's P-I-T-T-M-A-N dot com. And old school way is the telephone number. I still answer. I'm still direct and personal, 404-808-3419. Thank you so much, King. Well, thank you so much. Ashley, I know you've, you mentioned it before, but yeah, tell them how they can stay in contact with you as well. Yeah, so you can find me online at Making Money Matter LLC on Instagram, on Facebook. My website is www.makingmoneymatter.org. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for allowing me to stick in Montoya. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Friday, October the 15th, Russell Innovation Center for Entrepreneurs. That's where we'll be for the next Mental Dialogue Live Experiences on our Second one since the pandemic, we are back live in 3D. Look forward to seeing everybody Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, just my three cents. Make it make sense. We'll see you. All I ask is that you think.